This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. But thank you, George. Thank you for um, that introduction. Is it a joy to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Woo! It's so like a, like a cold as well. If you see me shaking, it might be a bit of nerves and a bit of the cold. But the people sitting at the gas, I almost said gas prize, you are very, you are privileged indeed. But I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, it, it is nice and cold. But yeah, um, I know George prayed, but I would like to pray as well just um, before starting. Father, we, we bless your name tonight, Father God. We say thank you so much, Lord, for the privilege of knowing you. Thank you, Father God, that we can be called by your name, Lord. And tonight, Father God, as we come to your word again, we pray, Lord, may your word convict us. Lord, may your word lead us to sanctification. And Father, may we be encouraged, Lord, through your word in this evening, Father God. And may the words of my mouth be pleasing unto you, Father God. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Um, I'm glad that we prayed for missions tonight. Um, we were in Malawi, not last week, the other week. There should be a picture coming up there. That's us. That's our team. All nine of us, plus Pastor Tembo, Felix, Pastor Thomas, and the tall man there in the middle. I think you can see him. He stands out. Christian. His name is Christian. Um, we actually prayed beforehand, but the funny, funny story is... When we're in Malawi, we met the chief, and then the chief comes to, but the chief is, is Muslim. So then Christian goes to him, and he's like, hi, my name is Christian. Oh, hi, I'm Christian. And then the chief goes, hi, I'm Muslim. <laughs> it happened a few times, you know, with different people. Like, hi, I'm Christian. Yeah, me too. I'm also Christian. Um, but anyway, that was in Malawi. We were in Malawi, and that's um, the Shofar Church there at the back in Chipire. We, all, we had an awesome time just journeying together, going together. Um, what the Lord came and did among us as a team, in us as a team, was just as significant as, as what he did through us. So thank you so much for your prayers, and the Malawian Church sent their regards as well. So the message for tonight, what I felt the Lord lay on my heart, is walking temples. And um, just by way of introduction, I want you to turn to the person next to you and tell them what is the first thing that comes to mind when you hear temple, when you hear the word temple? What comes to mind? What is the, maybe it's an image, maybe it is a memory, but just for a minute. Okay, you probably said a lot of different things, but um, what I want to start with tonight is that temples are primarily for worship. So whatever temple it is, maybe you had a picture of the Taj Mahal, um, a picture of a mosque, a picture of a, a church building. What we refer to as temples are places of worship. Now, Scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17, I'll read for us, verse 16 to 17. Um, it says the following, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. 
for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. So for a long time in the Old Testament, and we see in the law, and even in many religions today, there's this idea of, I need to go to a place. I need to go to a specific geographical location in order to worship God. Um, I need to get out of my usual place of comfort or daily living, and I need to ascend to a mountain or go to a certain place. And we see this even in John chapter 4, when Jesus is speaking to the Samaritan woman. But he says something very profound. He says, the time is coming and the time has come when the Father is seeking such, those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. The time is coming when it won't matter whether you're worshiping in Jerusalem or whether you're worshiping in Mount Gerizim. Um, And that is for the simple fact that we have been created to worship. And our bodies, we as people, we are temples. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are a temple. probably the first time anyone has told you that but we are temples according according to scripture and the significant thing to understand about that is that when the onslaught of the enemy comes and it's seen even in the old testament the first place that he would attack is the temple the first place where foreign idols and foreign objects would be erected is in the temple the first place that the enemy tries to distort is the temple and even in the modern era that is the, why there's such an onslaught against our identity as human beings. Whether it's to do se- with, with sexual orientation, whether it's to do with marriage, what is marriage, how we handle our bodies, what is the significance of our bodies, and, and that is the place that is attacked the most. Because it's the place where worship was supposed to come from. Worship was supposed to come from the temple. And if we are the temples and the enemy can get the temples distorted, then our worship will be distorted and we'll lose sight of God. And it's important to understand that every man has been created to worship. Um, It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter where you're from. We were in Malawi now and preaching the gospel to people who are Muslim, people who, you know, trust in, in witchcraft and traditional beliefs and all these things and you just realize it doesn't matter which country, doesn't matter which time zone, there is an innate desire in us to worship God. Um, and until we meet God, until we come face to face with Jesus, that restlessness remains and we don't have any rest. Um, so even if you're here tonight and you don't know who the Lord is, you have been created to worship. And this worship takes different forms, it looks differently. Um, and we yeah, refer to idols, or scripture speaks of idols um, specifically, and that's on the next slide as well. And what is an idol? An idol is simply anything that we use to replace God. Um, it often imitates God, so it looks very much like God, but it's designed to take his place. It's so close to the real thing, but it's actually designed to replace our devotion and our attention to God. And um, the story in Exodus 32, where Moses um, went up the mountain and leaves the Israelites with Aaron, you know, under good care, just delegate, leave a supervisor. Um, Next moment, Moses comes down from from the mountain and he finds that the children of Israel had carved and, and made a golden calf for them to worship. And they begin to worship this golden calf. Um, worshiping it as God, and even attributing their deliverance from Egypt 
to this golden idol. Now Moses comes down from the mountain having met with God. His face is shining and he's furious at this, at the sight of idolatry in the camp. And the important thing to realize today is that they used gold to make the idol. So the Israelites used gold and it was actually the gold that the Israelite women had given them away as they left Egypt, which was in a sense a gift, a fulfillment of God's promise. They took that gold and began to make this golden calf. And why did they do that? It's because of idols are usually the things that are most valuable to us. So the most valuable resources to them was gold at the time. Um, but in the modern era, it might be many different things, um, such as performance, such as busyness, different, different things that we, we often lean on to, 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 to fuel us and to motivate us that we actually take and we replace God with those things. Idols are designed to imitate, but ultimately to replace God. And if we go, go to the next slide, some of the things that I just mentioned, some of the things that, actually just in this week, I was just like, yo Lord, can I even you know, share this message? It was just cutting my heart. I was like, okay, I know that I still need to, I am working through a lot of things. So me coming here and sharing this is not like, okay, cool, I've arrived. All the idols are gone. I'm now sharing um, about idolatry. But one of the things that's very key to, to our culture in this morning, Pastor Philly from, from Poch, I wasn't in Poch, he was here. Um, he shared on, basically on sin and, and, and killing sin before it kills you, in a sense. And one of the things that he said that the biggest, um, the biggest hindrance to spiritual formation is not necessarily all the sin and the tactics of the enemy, but it's hurriness, being hurried, being so busy, being in such a rush that we never actually stop to behold God. We don't stop to, 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 to lock eyes with Him anymore and we lose our wonder in the busyness of this world. And It's easy to identify idols when they're outside of the church, you know? Like, you're drinking, yeah, no, no, stay away can't be getting drunk anymore. We know Jesus. You're sleeping around. Mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. Play back. I'm not, I'm not about that life. But the challenge comes when those idols are in, in the church. When things that the world worships and things that the whole world holds as valuable creep into the church and creep in among us. And things like busyness, things like self-dependency, that I can do it, you know? I can do this out of my own strength. I don't actually need God. I'm going to plan my day in such a way that I remain in control. I'm going to actually schedule God into my, into my timetable rather than plan my time around God. I was so challenged on the mission. Um, so we get to the border. You know, everything is going good. We're listening to worship music in the bus. We're like smashing those goals. You know, you always have goals of like, I need to get to this place at a certain time. Everything is going so smoothly. And I'm, inside, I'm feeling like, your Lord, I feel like you're setting us up. I know something is coming. Um, <laughs> but in that moment, you're just like, hallelujah, the Lord is with us. Everything is going well. So we get to a border, a border post, the first border, the first border to cross into Zimbabwe. And everything is going good. We're waiting in the line to get the passport stamped and so on. And next moment, we go back 
to our bus after the passport and everything has been stamped. And lo and behold, someone has broken into the bus. I was, I was leading the mission at that time. I was just like, Lord, no, this was not the plan, you know. Um, and in the same way that the Israelites, you see, when the Israelites waited and waited for Moses to come down from the mountain, they thought, yo, he's taking too long, you know. Where has, where has he gone? Has he left the country? Has he gone on holiday? He's been up the mountain for so long. And by extension, God didn't respond in their timing. And God didn't respond according to their expectations. And because of that, they formed an idol. And they began to worship the idol as God, to find comfort and security in it. In that moment, seeing the window smashed, speaking of smashing goals, seeing the window smashed. um, And I got on the phone um, with the parent, spoke to them. And the next moment, the call was over. But now I obviously have to decide, Lord, what what are we going to do? You know, what is the next step? And I picked up my phone to make a phone call. And in that moment, I heard clearly the Holy Spirit say, are you going to call him before you speak to me? And it was, a, it was one of those moments where it's like, it's so like subtle, so still, but you just know it's the Lord. But then I pressed the dial button. And I made a a phone call and I consulted man before consulting God. And in that moment, it didn't actually actually hit me that moment. I was just thinking like, okay, cool. That's a responsible thing to do because we have to be self-dependent. You know, I I have a group to look after. I need to ensure that everybody's safe, everybody, you know. And, yo, I was so so challenged later on um, in the trip and I'll, I'll share a bit a bit later but that's what happens when god doesn't meet our expectations in the natural we form idols and we turn and we run to other things and we want to figure things out ourselves we turn to the nearest thing and another one of those idols is performance sacrifice false humility your self-dependency and it's often things that creep into the church And I want to say something about sacrifice. So often we think that your God is pleased with with our sacrifices. Um, But a lot of times what he desires from us is obedience. What did he tell you to do? Just do that. Don't do extra extra modules. Just do the prerequisite, the what you need to pass. That's all the Lord requires of us. But we so easily take on extra stuff. Because we see everybody around us is running at the pace. And then all of a sudden, we want to like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I also want to do that. But God is pleased when we obey his voice. That's what pleases God. So when we bring sacrifices and all these things and we lose the joy, then you know something is not right here. Something is not like us. Amen. Are we still together? Everybody everybody's quiet. In, in Malawi... Like when you preach, everyone's saying like, Amen, Hallelujah, praise the Lord, Amen. So feel free to say Amen or Aina if it's if it's if it's sore. <laughs> the next slide, feel free to laugh as well. 
So the question then is, what, what are the idols in your temple? What are the idols in my temple? You see, um, I had a, a vision a couple of weeks ago while in prayer, and it was like a room, but it, it was a secret room, a special room for a specific purpose. And that purpose was worshiping God. But because of the busyness of life and because of the demands of life, I opened the door of that room. And all these things began to creep in. All these things began to come into the room. And before I knew it, I was there with Jesus, but the room was so full and cluttered and filled with so much other stuff that Jesus didn't actually have the freedom to move around. Jesus didn't have the freedom to walk around the room as he was initially meant to. And in that moment, the Lord shared the scripture with me, which I want, for us, want us to read now. So if you have your Bibles here, you can also look on the screen. But I actually like having a physical Bible. John chapter 2, verse 13 to 21. It says the following. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers doing business. When he had made a whip of cords, he drove them out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold doves, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. I just want to stop there quickly. It's important to note that the things that were in the temple, they were very godly things, you know? Things that were going to be used for offering, things that were going to be used for sacrifices, things such as oxen, sheep, doves, money changers doing business, probably exchanging money for people to go and give us offering. They were religious things. But Jesus comes and he confronts all these things and he says in verse 16, and he said to those who sold doves, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Then his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house has eaten me up. So the Jews answered and said to him, what sign do you show to us since you do these things? Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple and in three days, I will raise it up. Then the Jews said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. Everybody say the temple of his body. Therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this to them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. So Jesus walks into this temple, finds all these things that are of religious value and religious significance to the people. And in the people's eyes, I'm just thinking the people thinking like, brah, like what are you doing? Like these are our oxen, you know, we are going to offer them to God. You can't come here and make a whip of cords and drive all these things out. And all the sheep and the doves and the money changers. This is our sacrifice to the Lord. Lord, I'm contributing. This is my contribution to you. This is my worship unto you. But again, the Lord, the Lord says that he desires obedience. 
and not sacrifice. Just to be obedient to him. Because we can fill our lives with so many things, even religious things, Christian things. But if God is not in it, if the Lord is not the center, then all of it is in vain. So this evening, my, what I really felt on, like on my heart, and even after the Lord showed me, that vision is to drive out every idol, to drive out every alternative, to drive out everything that is making the Lord unwelcome among us. And in our hearts, we know exactly what those things are. We know what the things are that are clattering our lives, that are, that, are, that are smothering the presence of God, that are smothering the work of the Holy Spirit in us. But how do we do this? How, 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 how do we clear the temple? How do we make a whip of cords and drive out all these things? The Bible says in Luke chapter 9, Verse 23 to 27. Before I read it, God is so faithful. Like beforehand, I was thinking, Lord, is this, you know, is it really from you? Is this word really from you? Is this really what you're saying? And while we're in intercession, Anari, um, who we're interceding together, she reads the scripture, like the whole scripture, and you're just like, hallelujah, Lord. Maybe you're saying something. So let us listen attentively. It's under the the, the topic, take up the cross and follow him. Verse 23, then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the kingdom of God. A scripture we quote often, a scripture we, we often refer to. But the invitation of the cross is of a violent surrender to the Lord. It's not like a manageable, you know, graceful, like, oh, oh, just, just, you know, don't, don't cry too much. Don't roll on the floor. Don't be dramatic about this. Let's be logical. Let's just count the cost. Let's sit down, get the calculator. Let's see if we can actually afford to surrender all these things to the Lord. We need to be logical about this. Please don't do it. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.